Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there the re-watchingtons bomb and it's full Ooh. and unadulterated cut early drops of cinephobe episodes and so much more said the og pod now is it new or is it old mace i'm glad you asked that it is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old og pod oh. so it's me zach trey Waz, tom i love those guys just like we always were going back to the true hoop days mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic recapturing it and putting it back out we're talking hoops we're talking pop culture and most importantly we're talking for 40 minutes for free mm-hmm. but then another specific patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes funny enough about that og pod you're getting tom and trey on mondays you're getting me and waz aka zosny on wednesdays Amin's floating in between i'm a floater you never know when you're gonna get Amin in those so you gotta listen to them all and what if i'm not sure what maze looks like because i've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora he's got a weird voice how can i see for myself what this maze character actually looks like it's crazy you don't know the answer to this mm. because it's the cinephobe pod youtube page what the ct5s on the cinephobe pod youtube page you can look at all of us you can get all the og pods on youtube too at count the dings one on youtube at cinephobe pod on youtube patreon.com slash count the dings gets you everything all in one feed you can link it to your spotify and now enjoy the show hey listener underdog fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry you can play pick them pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big you can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night that's right i didn't say 10 i didn't say 20 up to 100 times your money Pick between two and five players, build a pick'em entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Pit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick them special must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concern with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti and I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. That just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? 
She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming. It's like... <laughs> Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. R Slash is a hilarious podcast where Dabney Bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest Reddit posts. He reenacts various Reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets, petty revenge, relationships, and much more. So if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh, check out R Slash wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Cinephobiacs? It's Zach Harper. It's Cinephobe. It's the Lawnmower Man, part two. If you missed part one, what's wrong with you? You should be listening every single week. You should be setting up for automatic downloads and then just play them every Wednesday immediately when they get posted. Immediately. We had a lot of fun with Lawnmower Man, part one episode, which again is on this very feed. Just scroll back a little bit and you'll find it. But we had so much fun cutting the grass, mowing the lawn, learning match games that didn't make any sense and having just these weird erotic cyber jesus moments with the with uncle frank and his fake scottish or irish accent or whatever that was and we had to do a part two so this is part two right here on cinephobe on the count the dings network your picks have been horrible man it's the point it's the point of the show isn't, isn't it? it isn't it it's possible <laughs> I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuck house. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? What story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. (laughs) They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all over. find out that Tim's has been messing with the formulas in the fridge. He accesses the computer to change the program. And now the next treatment section, Job's brain is freaking the fuck out. Things are increasing to fatal levels. Larry shuts it down and takes Job out of the machine. He definitely busts him out. And then he comes out, he's sweating. He's like, oh, And I just felt very uncomfortable right 
Larry admits he wasn't thinking of Job's safety. The brain swelling should have killed him, but it disappeared. There are no lesions. And now back at home, Job is now able to move things with his mind. He moves the glass. He opens the medicine cabinet. He squeezes the toothpaste. To which I wrote, I have a question for you, Amin. Yes. If you had those powers, those telekinetic powers, would you jack off without touching yourself? No. Really? Absolutely not. I'd 100% do it. I mean, I'd do it probably once to see if I could do it. But based on the way he, like, lifted the chair and did other things, it seems like a very shaky grip. Like, you're doing it, but it's not with the steady, smooth control of actually using your hands. <laughs> I don't know why when you said smooth there, I just assumed jazz was the next word. <laughs> and I really didn't understand where you were going with that. Now he's watching an ad for a 900 number. He tells Miss Burke he can read her mind. She has strange fantasies. And then he takes her to the facility and he straps her into the machine. Where is the security? What? How'd he get her in? Well, probably another chimpanzee shot him. My favorite part is straps her in, turns it on. The first thing she says is, are those my hands? And I said, why are they always amused by their hands? This is fun. I mean, people are so stupid when they use virtual reality. In here, we can be anything we want to be. That is very much not the case, Job. He says it's going to be the best ride of her life. She says that he is. I wrote, this is the horniest movie we've done. Hey, we get a view of her pointy silver surfer breasts. We built this city! Another fucking to the viewer. And this reminded me of Demolition Man. Yeah, 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 big time. That virtual reality sex is... Their faces are melding together. They're twirling into each other. They become a dragonfly for some <laughs> they reason. They become a dragonfly. Sexy. That's not sexy. That's what it's like. We can be anything we want to be. Dragonflies. Now she's stuck in their primal mind goo. I don't, I don't know what was yeah. holding her down. She doesn't like it. She wants to be freed. He says nothing can hurt them. And then he becomes like a human fleshlight of some sort. Oh and he is God. just what? spewing red stuff at her. I don't know what is happening. I don't know. He looked like one of like the evil alien creatures from Howard the Duck, future cinephobe. Her brain pattern becomes abnormal and the system shuts down. He's worried about her. She's like catatonic, basically, and he's worried to hurt her. Now he's mowing the lawn by controlling Big Red with his mind. He's also doing a shitty job of it. He's worse at mowing the lawn with his with his mind than he is with just, like, when he was simple. Miss Burke's just laying on the bed just giggling. She's gone. How many times has he mowed Miss Burke's lawn? <laughs> like, in the last, like, week? Yeah, it's a great... I mean, it's fucking constant. Also, once you start having sex with her, you don't have to mow the lawn anymore, right? I like doing the lawns. Yeah, that was, that's why they had that line, Zach. Job wants to know what Dr. Angelo did to him. Tim's wants Larry to fly to Washington tomorrow. He's not ready. As he's being told he needs to go to Washington, he is wearing the most confusing shirt I've ever seen. It's a long sleeve crew neck sweatshirt with a collar. James Bond. <laughs> Job shows Larry that he has telekinetic powers. Tim sees the display. Now, Job talks way differently. He talks like more confidently, slower, but, but not in a dumb way. And I wrote, has he been acting his ass off this whole time? Ooh, Job? Yeah. Absolutely. You don't, you don't think that? Because he was very authentically... It's very Jaden Smith-esque from After Earth. <laughs> as he goes on, though, as he goes on, it's like, oh, wow, he is getting smarter. And he's doing it gradually. Yeah. It's not like a, a like a light switch. It's like a dimmer. It's not new. I realize that nothing we've been doing is new. We haven't been tapping into new areas of the brain. We've just been awakening the most ancient. This technology is simply a route to powers that conjurers and alchemists used centuries ago. 
the human race lost that knowledge, and now I'm reclaiming it through virtual reality. Larry can feel him pushing to get in his head. Job says he's smarter than Dr. Angelo now. He can't allow Larry's fear to get in the way of his treatments. They have no choice. Question, if someone is trying to read your mind, like you, you just assume they have this power and they can do it, what would you think of to distract them? I would think of having sex with their grandmother. Really? Yeah, that way they want to get out of the, get out of my mind. Maze, what would you think of? I just put my hand up to my face and like scrunch <laughs> everything together. That seems to work pretty good. I mean, I would start singing Cotton Eye Joe over and over again, <laughs> and hope that it just annoys the hell out of them. You know, my my good friend Jake Johnson from New Girl. Oh yeah. There's an episode where Cotton Eye Joe comes up and. She's like, I knew it was your CD of Cotton Eye Joe, and then it's a flashback of him in the car just rocking out to it, and she's and she just says, "Is this why you brought me out to the car?" Like just the idea that he had to listen to Cotton Eye Joe. And that's what I think of every time someone says Cotton Eye Joe now, because I think that would be a great thing. Like, hey, you got to come listen to this, and you make someone leave what they're doing and get in the car and just listen to it. I shout out Jake Johnson for that. You are a weird individual. Do you like Cotton Eye Joe? I kind of think it. I think it's secretly like kind of bangs I, I can't no it's a terrible song but it is immensely catchy all right he's in washington now well he's worried about he does his podcast uh, he's worried about twisted insights and sanity and all this shit now he's in washington apparently no meetings in this movie are allowed to happen in a room with lights everything is super dark the transition of him going to washington is like a limo driving on a road for like two seconds <laughs> yeah yep that's <laughs> as long as they could rent the limo for <laughs> country road Right. <laughs> the director asks a question through someone in the room, wants to know about the Project 5 formula reinstatement. That's when Larry finds out that that's what they've been doing. And he freaks the fuck out. He's on the phone the whole time. Hank is on the phone and he whispers to his assistant who walks two feet over, <laughs> repeats the question. But that's a power move. Also, that's a power move. Pierce Brosnan acting his ass off. So as you can see, uh, the results with this one human subject uh, indicate unlimited applications in the area of mental disability alone, uh, such as uh, retardation, Alzheimer's, uh, and of course the, the possibilities for education in general are staggering. Uh, with the proper funding, we could perfect this within the year. Really? <laughs> right. Any questions? Director says they want to find out what it'll do to a human. Tim's calls out the telekinetic power, says that Larry has been keeping that from them. He leaves the meeting. Director says to make sure he goes back to the hotel. He starts talking about Roscoe 1138, and I said, I knew it. He still has feelings for that chimp. The most advanced chimp he's ever had! (laughs) He loves that chimp. Oh, my God. They killed his chimp. Were they in a mansion? What was that? What were, where were they? They were in a hotel, right? And they're in a hotel because someone's bringing a bottle of champagne later or whatever. No, but, no, no, no. He goes back to the hotel. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, point being, he goes out and the director gets up and walks over to Suspenders, who's sitting in the chair, and he says, what other abilities? As he very lightly strokes the back of the chair, and I wrote, sexual tension. Watch that scene. Watch that scene. He asked that like seductively as he's stroking the chair. Why would you walk over, stand behind him and say, what other abilities? And then just fucking stroke that chair, man. You're saying there's sexual tension with the chair. No. Oh. Between the director and, and suspenders. Just 
two fat, bald, white Bostonians <laughs> trying to connect. Aren't they Washingtonians? Yeah, I know. They're not even that fat. I know. He's got a mean body shape. Not all callbacks work. Job listens to guitar music, I guess. He's headed to VSI. He shoots himself up with all the shots in the fridge, and he is overloading himself, and he sweats a lot from now to the end of the movie. Oh, man. He sweats a lot. Back at the hotel, Larry washes his face and hair in the sink, but he's got khakis on. I thought he was... To be perfectly honest, perfectly honest, I didn't notice until, like, he sat on the bed, and he's got the towel, and he's rubbing his hair, and then the other guy walks in the room, and when he threw the towel at him, I'm like, is he butt-ass naked? (laughs) Oh, damn towel! (laughs) Uh, So he walks in, uh, had to talk for hours to repair that damage, Larry throws a towel at him, then he fires up a cigarette in the hotel room, he blows smoke in Tim's face, that way, you have to fight at that point. You can't blow smoke in someone's face. That's not okay. Well, and, and if you don't fight at that point, you have to fight at the one where he punches you. Right. Tim says dirty money started when the Catholic Church got involved with banking 300 years ago. What a nugget. I kind of feel like it started a little earlier than that. Also, question. Mind control or reading minds, which power would you rather have? Oh, there is some tension with this chair. You're right, I mean. What do I say? Yeah. What do I say? I'm not, I'm not making this shit up. But mind control or reading minds, which would you rather have? Mind control. Are you saying telekinesis versus telepathy? No, mind control. I, no, I didn't fucking stutter. Mind control <laughs> versus reading minds. The fuck is like, those are both telepathy. Can I choose when I read minds? Or am I just always hearing thoughts? I'm trying to figure out why Maze can't fucking understand the question. Mind control or reading minds, which would you rather have? I'm not asking for the fucking textbook definition. I'm just asking you, if you had this one specific power, which one would you choose? Obviously, mind control so I could tell you to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Zach, (laughs) to answer your question, yes, you could control. It wouldn't be, you wouldn't be like Job. You wouldn't be going crazy. Okay. Yeah, it's still, no, it'd still be mind control. See, I thought it would be mind control. But then I thought, man, I get a lot more satisfaction out of reading people's minds and then staying one step ahead of them and having them super confused. Like, how does he know? How does he da da da? Oh, so you want to, you want to Aladdin this thing. You want to be one step ahead of the, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a pull that I never would have guessed you had. Zach. Also my least favorite song from that movie. All right. Uh, the director and his goons are there to pick up Larry. Tim says that he can't leave. Larry punches him in the face. He punches him in the balls and he throws him to the ground. All while the cigarette is still in his mouth. Badass. I'm impressed. Badass. James Bond. <laughs> he tries to escape the hotel. The front desk worker yells that he forgot his messages. And that's when this one of the goons, bitch. I know, just what a narc. What are you doing? This disrespectful hoe. <laughs> it's Dr. It's Dr. Angelo, not Mr. Angelo. Yeah. Nice leather jacket, by the way. That was a nice leather jacket. Really enjoyed that. My next note is just back at the facility. Joe was spinning like crazy. No, no, no. That's too much. That's what she said. Cut back and forth between Job's treatment and Larry's leather jacket. The goon grabs him in the tunnel, but then runs into a kitchen worker. Larry grabs a champagne bottle, cracks the goon over the head, takes the gun and gives it to the worker and then steals the keys uh, to the car from the goon. While Job is in the gyrosphere, he hears the voices of Jake, Father McKean, and Peter's dad. He's remembering all the things people said to him. He tells the hotel worker to cover him. 
And so the hotel worker awkwardly stands there holding the gun like it's – He 100% accidentally shot that guy, right? <laughs> Did he just know that this dude was like Job and he was going to confuse him? Also, you've got the gun. Why would you stop? That's a great question. Like why would you like stay frozen? You've got the gun. What's he going to do, shoot you? <laughs> Director says to Tim's no need to panic. He knows where Larry's going. Cancel his clearance at VSI so he can't steal his work. He wants to pick both him and Job up and examine Job. Back at the church, the priest hears someone praying. This is my favorite fucking oh, scene of the movie. Shit. Why is he naked? I don't know. He's probably banging a kid. I don't know. Job says he's come for his confession. And I wrote, is he wearing a wetsuit? Is he wearing an X-Men suit? Why is he sweating so much? He's framed so incredibly on the upper balcony in front of this stained glass window. The priest says the devil has taken him. Job screams, Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. You're patient for you. I have an unclean thought before your order to the devil. I've used my profane fantasies. I have committed cruel acts and starts confessing to sins including molestation his arm lights on fire with legitimately the worst cgi we have ever seen in a movie and i wrote the note i don't want to hear shit about the movie knowing ever again we built this city yeah this is the wild part about this is that we've had people burn using special effects for decades in movies long before this movie came out Right. And also fire is the one that you can do with the practical one, like have a fire suit or something like that. He's engulfed in these CGI triangle flames. I don't know. Cut to the gas station. Jake is smoking next to the gas pump. Job is there with Big Red. Jake says that he's a strange motherfucker and he's too tired for this lawnmower man. Gonna do some night mowing? The hose hits Jake in the face. They tie him against the gas pump. I won't lie. I thought he was gonna have it shove it up the dude's ass. And I wrote... (laughs) Okay, we have to stop here because in Jake's eyes, we see a CGI face with a lawnmower for teeth and now he's mowing the brain of Jake and I wrote that in all caps. Lawnmower man's in your head now, Jake. There's no escape ever. I didn't understand anyway. I don't know what's happening. So here's what I think happened. I think because Jake has been calling him, you know, the R word his whole life, the whole time they've known each other, he has now decided to give Jake a lobotomy and make him the simple one. Oh. I think that's what happened. Yeah, he ate his brain. I might be giving Brett Leonard too much cr- credit here. The shot of him with the lawnmower backlit in the mist. Another iconic shot. Like that shot and the stained glass shot back to back bangers. Yeah, iconic is an interesting word choice there. Well, I don't feel like I've seen that ever. No, I don't. I've never <laughs> seen this before. Peter's dad hits him again. Peter's crying to his mom. The dad is drunk and watching wrestling. And Job is outside the home. He puts Peter and, and the mom to sleep. Then we hear a lawnmower going, and Big Red busts through the door. It chops up the coffee table. <laughs> it hits the chair the dad is standing on, and now the dad's playing. The floor is lava with the furniture. This is the part that I was waiting, because earlier we had the scene with the dad, and he was kind of yelling uh, and telling his kid not to hang out with the moron or whatever. And so, but it was far away. And I, so I thought this at the time, but I didn't write the note in this scene i wrote the note all of this dude's audio sounds like he recorded them in a room separate from the room the microphone was in i'm telling you it every line he says (laughs) 
everything sounded very far away from the mic. And and to make to hammer home the point, when he's standing on top of the recliner and the lawnmower is starting to climb up on him and he's going, he's making noises, his mouth is not like coinciding with the noises he's making out of his mouth. They recorded all of his audio in post. Oh shit. I've been trying to figure out the creature that he turns into when he kills Mrs. Burke in the machine. It looks like Crumb from Ah Real Monsters. Crumb holds his eyes in his arms. Okay. And his torso is a giant mouth. All right. So at this point, he's chopping up the furniture. That's when the drunk dad runs to the backyard, which I wrote is a terrible strategy because now you're on the lawnmower's turf, literally. <laughs> you can go jump in the ocean to fight a shark that's after you? Yeah. That lawnmower fucking jumped like goddamn Carl Lewis in the long jump. <laughs> Looked like goddamn Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat doing that kick. It soared. We hear it get him. Next morning, Larry is, is still driving. He sees an ambulance and cops on the street. He pulls into his driveway, and the cop is just repeating, hell of a thing. Hell of a thing. Oh, Lieutenant Exposition. He oh. goes to take a statement from Larry. Who was he saying hell, who was he saying hell of a thing to? Just to himself. Just muttering it to himself. This dude's acting his ass off. Excuse me, Lieutenant. Where's the rest of them? Birdbath. Did you say birdbath? Birdbath. Maze, I literally have. This is my notes. Note one. Who is the cop saying hell of a thing to? Next note. This cop is acting his ass off. <laughs> this scene! Hell of a thing. Hell of a thing. Uh, hello, Lieutenant. I'm Dr. Angelo. I live next door. Uh, what's happening here? Oh, well, uh, thanks for coming over. Uh, you saved us a trip. We're just taking statements from all the neighbors just to see if they saw or heard anything unusual last night. Well, well, there's a little boy. His name is Peter. Is anything happening? Oh, 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 no. He's fine. It's, it's just his dad. Uh, excuse uh, me, Lieutenant. Uh, where's the rest of him? Bird bath. You said a bird bath? Bird bath. Uh, Lieutenant. Yeah. The wife and the kid, they're uh, getting ready to go down to the station. So they slept through the whole thing. Didn't hear or see anything. <laughs> Didn't hear anything. Now, the lab boys tell me that somebody chased Parquette through the house with a power lawnmower. I would have thought that would have made some kind of a racket. <laughs> Crazy with the heat. Schizophrenia all over town last night. What else happened last night? Well, somebody torched poor old Father McKean with a... Uh, flamethrower or something must have been a, a satan cult or something either that or that weird human spontaneous combustion thing that you know that really happens sometimes hell of a thing hmm. oh my god that's not all marnie burke was found this morning wandering around the streets stark naked laughing her ass off flipped out now the psychiatrist figured that she probably witnessed one of the murders and she's just in shock but I've seen people flipped out before, and this girl is flipped out for good. I don't believe she'll ever stop laughing. Two bizarre murders in one night. Well, this world is chock full of nuts, Cooley. Don't forget that. Weirdos, schizos, bozos. And then they see Job in his X-Men suit on the porch, and he's just staring at them. Larry sees Job. The cops are staring off into the distance at him, and then they just snap to him and say, Well, accidents happen. That's all there is to it. Two bizarre accidents in one night. Larry says, you were just calling them murders. They say, nope, they're going to file a routine report. Do you want to go on a journey into darkness? Into the mind of the worst sadistic sexual serial killer in Texas history? The new True Crime Reporter podcast reveals how corrupt 
the parole system is that released Kenneth Allen McDuff just one day after McDuff walked out of prison, women's bodies started turning up across Central Texas. Peabody award-winning investigative reporter Robert Riggs, the host and creator of the True Crime Reporter podcast, reveals the inside story of the serial killer described as, quote, the devil himself. McDuff is the only convicted killer to ever receive three death sentences in Texas. The 30-year veteran journalist pulls out his reporter's notebooks. His law enforcement sources open up their case files. True Crime Reporter premieres the 15-episode series, Free to Kill, on September 28th. It is a co-production with Podcast Ad Reps and their first par original podcast, True Crime Reporter and Big Media TV are currently co-producing Free to Kill, a television series based on season one of the podcast for domestic and international distribution. Don't miss this blood-chilling series. Subscribe to True Crime Reporter on your favorite podcast app. When the mom and kid hug Larry, Job walks away. Job is in Larry's basement with the VR. He can see his former dumb self. Looks like he's about to come. He's incredibly sweaty. That's got to be bad for the equipment back then, right? It's got a short out. The utopia that men have dreamed of for a thousand years and I'll be the conduit. Larry takes him out of the equipment. Larry looks into it. It's just dumb Joe saying he gave himself a boost. New electrical dimension. Access the mainframe. I'm going to help all of you cleanse this diseased planet. Joe says he wanted to create monsters. He's going to help Larry and help them all. Technology has revealed another universe. VR will grow just as all technology did. And I wrote, telegraph to telephone, radio to TV, shoot a Reebok pump. Reebok Pump was innovative, man. No one ever thought of that before, I mean. No one ever thought of it since. He's going to inject himself into the mainframe computer. When he pulls it off, the mainframe. his first sign will be every phone on the planet ringing at once. You're having delusions, Job. Struggle for reason. I'm going back to VSI to complete the final stage of my evolution. I'm going to project myself into the mainframe computer. Pure energy. Once I've entered the neural net, my birth cry will be the sound of every phone on this planet ringing in unison. Listen to what you're saying. The first sign of psychosis is a Christ complex. Cybercrime. The Project 5 abstracts that you were exposed to were never meant for the human mind. You've had a psychotic break. Let me try to reverse that. What are you blocking? You can't hide anything from me, Dr. Angelo. Job tries to get in his head and Larry's fighting it. He finds out the shop is coming to pick him up. He's going to make him sit back down. He ties him up. Every time I say the shop, I think of LeBron. <laughs> I couldn't help. Every time the shop is coming, I thought LeBron and like Maverick Carter with some wine in his hand. And- Lawnmower Man came out before the shop. It did. Uh, he ties him up. He gags him. He says he betrayed Job. As the goons go to pick him up, the director wants to watch from the cameras of the monitor. There's a shot. Where Job says he's going to pull back the curtain, there's a VR curtain, and then we get a VR van pulling up between two trees. Smash cut to the real van. Larry has to watch the VR lens. It looks like Tron. We computerized Job head in the sky, and the goons should start spraying machine guns into the air trying to shoot it. And he dip and dots these agents into oblivion. 
Yeah, he just turns them into bubbles. Dippin' Dots. They pull apart the ice cream of the future. Another guy stumbles away, he reveals insides. The CGI on this whole thing is so, so distractingly bad. The director turns off the monitor and I wrote, God, I wish I could do the same. (laughs) (laughs) Chubb says he's going back to VSI now. He'll go in the mainframe inhabiting every reach of this planet. By 2001, there won't be a person who isn't hooked into it and hooked into him. I'm sorry you hate what you have created. Again, amazingly prescient. I mean, sort of. We're all plugged into this internet thing. but 2001 was a little too early, but like now we are definitely 20 years off. When Job is standing above Pierce in his gyro suit, there is some unbelievable moose knuckle going on. <laughs> Uncle Frank is sitting outside the church in his truck and then all of a sudden just says, <laughs> Okay, Job, I'll be right there. <laughs> I guess that's like The Shining. That shit cracked me up. Man, I don't know. Director says he wants Tim's to gather the research, delete it from the facility, and then deliver it personally. Fantastic new energy weapon. And then we get the most unnecessary close-up of the director's lips. He took out two of my men in a way I've never seen before. Yeah, I didn't know if there was there was some meaning behind that or what frank says he's been missing job peter runs after job job stares at a stuffed bee on uncle frank's dashboard future callback it's one of the few things that they actually go back to it's another bee movie guys (laughs) back in the beehive peter checks on dr angelo he screams for peter bees don't lie the gate opens at vsi and the guards think it's a malfunction peter unties larry so i told him to come on down here and suck my dick larry turns a disc into his computer he hacks in the mainframe they're running a computer virus we get a bunch of hacker jargon it's gonna be off the net in two minutes hacking in the mainframe that guy doug hutchison was also in lost larry's car is toast so is the van but there are explosives Soldiers run to the gate. They all get subdued by this high-pitched noise. Then virtual bees attack the soldiers and create a... I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. We built this city. We built this city on CGI. We built this city. We built this city on CGI. having such a good time driving here frank is loving this shit also henchmen are extraordinarily loyal to their jobs like at that point where you see a bunch of like digital bees or whatever the (laughs) hell it's supposed to be i'd quit i think i would quit on that moment yeah because what are you making maybe forty five thousand dollars a year at that point and like it just to die and then i can just come back later and be like what happened like oh man i passed out when i woke up everybody was dead oh shit i think someone must have knocked me out yeah a giant virtual hornet attacks them (laughs) and i cannot like i want all of our listeners right now to get a piece of paper and a pencil or pen and draw what you think a hornet looks like it doesn't matter if it's good or not it's better than what they did i promise that one year later jurassic fucking park (laughs) main security guard shoots uncle frank in the chest butt chin 
Job screams and forces the guy to blow his own brains out. Then Larry gets Peter and his mom to drive him to VSI. Job walks in on Tim's. He blows up the disc. He turns Tim's into bubbles. Dippin' Dots is Tim's. Well, first of all, one, why did they bring the kid with them? Why didn't either of them come? Just give him the car. What, you want to tell the kid to sit by the birdbath and hang out with his dad? No, I, would, I would just thought the most realistic part of this movie is that nobody would give their next-door neighbor their car to go drive to go save the world. That's true. I'll yeah. drop you off. Yeah, right. I still have payments on this car. Also, the dipping dots for uh, suspenders, that's when they started just looping the same yeah. animation. Over yeah. Over yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Larry tells him to get out of there. Peter wants to go with him. Larry grabs a random assault rifle. Just neatly leaned against the fence. Joe yes, is... Very good. <laughs> also, by the way, did not notice this until this scene. The kid's name is Peter Parquet. <laughs> one two angelo grabs the machine gun and then runs on in mrs parkett and peter you know are in the car she she drives off and says this is a safe place she said we'll wait here and i said is she making small talk with her kid (laughs) joe is spinning in the mainframe larry sees tim's as bubbles he starts setting up explosives and sets a 15 minute timer he shoots open the door to the lab Job gets physically sucked into the mainframe. We see a giant CGI galactic butthole. And as he's getting sucked into it, Job goes, oh, I'm in. (laughs) Can you clip in the part from This is the End? Hey, you guys okay? Are you guys okay? There was a a crazy earthquake. Did you guys feel that? That was Uh, was insane. No. I can't feel anything in here. This place is a fucking fortress. That, that, that wasn't an earthquake. I don't know, some way fucking crazy. No, it was crazier than an earthquake. Uh, there there were uh, beams of blue light coming out of the sky and people getting sucked up into the sky. Sounds hallucinogens. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, don't bully Jay's sweetheart. Keep going, man, what are you talking about? I, there, there were people and they, they were there and they got sucked up into the sky. Jay. Sucked up into the sky. Nobody got sucked up in here. I got sucked off here. Great movie, man. I, that is I, a wish, great movie. I wish it qualified. Oh, my God. That'd be a four-parter right there. His suit vibrates and his body shrivels up. And then inside the system, he looks like the Scorpion King. He does. He's completely <laughs> virtual. His body deflated. Larry tries to interfere from the outside. And Job gives the slowest computerized, no. <laughs> <laughs> this whole scene, the audio is just top notch. <laughs> Joe tries you. to. Yes, me. He's out there through a port. He keeps getting access denied. These screens just keep like extendoing up to him, and he like taps on it, and then his access denied. He's just a computerized like ghost. That's how he sounds. He finds one and says, A back door. Oh, spoiler <laughs> so, alert. So Jesus, Amid. Oh, sorry. Larry lifts off the helmet from Job, sees a deflated Crypt Keeper face. I like that there's a bit of trivia on IMDb that says, That was a fake. Yeah, that wow. Fake. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Jesus. Peter escapes into a maximum security facility, of course. His mom fell asleep. Yeah. What She's are you tired, doing? Man. She's tired. Now she's a single mom. You know how exhausting being a single mom is? <laughs> I'm why the priest burn. Joe <laughs> <laughs> can't find a way out. Larry's going in. All the power isn't meant to be in the hands of one person. This technology is meant to expand human communication. But you're not even human anymore. What you've become terrifies me. You're a freak. You're naive. 
virtual breakdance fighting that happens he puts larry on a cross like jesus says he's god here then he extendo fingers pierce his brain to learn about the bombs five minutes left on the bombs peter's there he reads his mind finds out about the bombs he'll stop them but he can't he lost all his power over the physical world when he transferred into there he just spins larry for a while he's been given one final game to play and he has a billion calls to make the close-ups of larry and the equipment yelling at him is fucking hilarious like (laughs) peter sees the bombs job hears peter larry says not to sacrifice peter job is just screaming tells larry to save him i'm to believe here that in three minutes larry gets out of that thing runs to find this little shit stops everything and gets him out of the facility in three minutes he's <sighs> fast job's still trying to get access he gets an access granted and yells a back door <laughs> the audio is so good the access denied thing just accelerates over and over again as the, like he just keeps doing more and more per minute i bet he yelled a back door with uh, miss burke oh. i don't know if they got that far the building blows up I wrote the note, do you think that, because he changed into the suit, you think Larry left his wallet in that building? (laughs) That's going to be frustrated. Gives his last journal entry for a while. He's taking his work underground, won't let it fall into the wrong hands again. He wants technology to free the mind of man, not enslave it. Not enslave it. If we can somehow embrace our wisdom instead of ignorance. He leaves with Peter and Peter's mom. Is he fucking Peter's mom now? Hell yeah. Yes. The phone rings everywhere. All the phones all over the world ring. Roll credits. Yeah, baby. Jesus. Made those calls. So, New Line Cinema had obtained the rights to the Stephen King short story, The Lawnmower Man, and the producers also had an unrelated script called Cyber God. They simply placed King's title on the production of Cyber God. King was furious at this abuse of his name, and he sued the studio to have his name and title removed from the film and promotion. They refused until the studio was ordered to pay $10,000 and full profits. What? So the only scene that has overlap is the missing piece of the dead man is in the birdbath. That's it. Yeah. And... And the, and the drunk dad is the character. He sued them, and then on appeal, it was ruled in October 1992 that the on-screen credit could remain but that his name should be removed from advertising. He received a $2.5 million settlement. And then despite the ruling, New Line still did not comply and released the home video version as Stephen King's Lawnmower Man. And then they were held in contempt of court in 1994. It's the biz. Party time. Call that party time. The CGI was done by Angel Studios which they got a lot of praise for at the time. And then, I mean, they were later acquired by Rockstar Games. And one of the first projects they finished was Red Dead Revolver. Wow. Wow. Can you believe that? Jesus. Wow. They came up. That's the ultimate glow up right there. Oh, my God. The eight minutes of computer-generated effects took seven people eight months to complete on a budget of $500,000. There was only eight minutes? I felt like so much more. I felt like the whole movie. I know. 
It was discovered through FBI tapes that this was uh, former Waco cult leader David Koresh's favorite movie. That was my favorite piece of trivia by far. That's amazing. There's a director's cut with 39 minutes of additional footage. There's also a sequel, Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. It was released in 1996. And there's only one returning cast member, guys. You want to guess who it was? God, I hope it's Jeff Faye. Joe? It was the kid who played Peter. Oh, man, I couldn't get work after that. You got Last Action Hero. My Girl 2 and Lawnmower Man 2. Oh, man, he loves a sequel. When Joe puts a CD into the car's player on his solo drive to VSI, the disc can be made out just barely. It's not the music from the scene, but rather Celine Dion's first English-language album, Unison, from 1990. Also, by the way, doesn't put the CD into the car CD player. He puts the CD into a CD player that happens to be in the car. Yeah. Several of the symbols Job sees flying at him during his first VR treatment are demon evocation seals taken from the infamous Key of Solomon and also Kabbalistic mystical symbols with ancient Hebrew writing all around them. Sure, why not? Job's hair was initially going to be red, but was changed to bleach blonde because red hair didn't look realistic on Jeff Fahey. So, you know, they were paying attention to some of the realism in this movie. Yeah, yeah. the blonde really brought his eyes out. Golden Dumpster nominees pierce brosnan as dr lawrence angelo pierce brosnan's gold earring (laughs) uncle frank's irish accent (laughs) jeff fahey as job the lawnmower man front desk lady awkwardly blowing pierce brosnan's cover the lawnmower mouth eating jake's brain the back to back to back homicide sequence lieutenant exposition the golden job head dipping dotsing people, the gyro suits, moose knuckle, all the CGI, and the phone ringing ending. Exactly. I mean, it's it's got to be the priest on fire. It's got to be that. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, 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 no. It's the side shot of the chimp falling <laughs> forward ever so slightly to, so that we know he's dead. That's what it is. That's a good one. I'm 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 going with Lieutenant Exposition. Hell of a thing. Hell of a thing. That's a good one. Yeah, that's tough to beat. Chalk full of nuts, Cooley. Don't forget that. Weirdos, schizos, bozos. That was the best scene. I'm with you. It was. It's really between that and this to me, but I cackled in delight when I realized that he was dipping dotsing people. And then I just kept yelling, <laughs> dipping dots! <laughs> so I'm going with dipping dotsing. The ice cream of the future. Love dipping dots. Summer League. Oh, love dipping dots. Oh, banana split, man. That's the move. All right. Maze. Phobe or file? Okay. So. That was, yo, that was the (laughs) most. That was as earnest as the means. Wow. From earlier in the episode. It's stressful, man. This is a stressful decision to make, but. Oh, I'm so torn. The CGI was so overwhelmingly bad. It was distractingly bad. I get that it's dated, but like. It's dated for a dated movie. Nothing's that dated. It's dated, but yet... The original King Kong movie has better effects than this movie. And also Jurassic Park came out one year later. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. This movie is textbook so bad it's good. Jeff Fahey's performance, Uncle Frank's accent. I even got a kick out of Pierce Brosnan. I thought he was kind of acting his ass off in a couple scenes. Yeah. It's absurd. I was enjoying it the entire time, and I will file it. I mean? Yeah, it was. Look, it <laughs> definitely fits the definition of so bad it's good because 
we were laughing at so many things. Lieutenant Exposition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hell of a thing. Hell of a thing. Schizophrenia. Having said that, the CGI was so bad. <laughs> we built this shitty. I mean, it, it was distractingly bad. And a lot of the time, I just, I checked my phone a lot during this movie. Did you? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm like, let me put it this way. There's a line of so bad it's good before you fall back to being bad again. And I felt like this movie just barely inched past that line. It's going to be a fold for me. Wow. I never want to watch this again. Oh, you both bring up great points. I, oh my God. There's so many parts of this movie where I just lost it. I'm really uncomfortable with her trying to have sex with <laughs> a, a person like that. With, with who? What kind of person? With Job. Well, because he's blonde? Yeah. It made me really uncomfortable. Like, really, really uncomfortable as those going. Because I just, I don't know what, I don't know what the ethics are on that once he starts getting, I don't know when. Like, it doesn't seem like even crossing the Mendoza line should count. It shouldn't count because her intent was Mendoza line be damned. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, like, the priest on fire, the dipping Dots. Uh, I, look, this is messed up, but for some reason, the dad slapping the kid is so funny to me. Because <laughs> it's so cartoonish. He slapped the shit out of me. <laughs> and like, Didn't I tell you about this? Didn't I? Did I? Stop oh. hanging out with that moron. If you want to be stupid. Like, Uncle Frank. Have I phobed an Uncle Frank movie? No one's phobed an Uncle Frank movie. Until Amin just did. I feel like I gotta ride with Uncle Frank for the same time. Like, there's just so much bad in this movie. But, look. We're supposed to be honest about our feelings and go with our gut on this. And I, I can't leave Maze alone on this island. I will file. It's a close one. I will file. Yeah. I don't want to make it seem like this is the usual where I hate maze picks. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was a close one. No, no, no. This was a brilliant pick. This was a close one. This is what the show is all about. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. pick for next week oh man i'm staggered staggered that maze has never seen virtuosity (gasps) oh what what (laughs) and so i'm so excited yeah i'm glad you're excited zach because my pick for next week is r.i.p.d that's right motherfucker I didn't forget. I know how to play fucking dirty. Just because I laughed and had some giggles on this one, you thought everything cool, and I forgot about it all? Nah, man. R.I. fucking PD. Let's play dirty. I mean, I'm going to give you a chance to take that back, but only one. And just know, when you don't, you have no idea what you've got to do. I've been preparing for war, buddy. I've got so many locked up. I, I, I've just created a clone army. Of just shitty movies that are waiting to be on it. That's right. Bring on, bring it on, Baxter. I'll fuck anybody up. R.I.P.D. Let's rock. <laughs>
basketball. Sure.